Hello, welcome to Take 5 for Real Estate. I'm your podcast host, Owen Ron. Today, we have a super interesting guest, Nick Rathel with contentcore.net. He helps individuals set themselves apart in their crowded marketplaces by helping them write a book. Uh, He's called it the seven-hour book. He's a very interesting guest and something that many of you and myself even should consider. So let's welcome Nick to the podcast. Hello, Nick. Hey, Owen. How are you? Good. How are you today? Doing well. Looking forward to this. Yeah, good. I am too. Thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate your time and uh, certainly looking forward to learning more about Seven Hour Book and other things you have working. Why don't we jump right in and kind of, well, before we get to the Seven Hour Book, why don't you give us a quick rundown of how you got to where you are and other things you've done in your career uh, path uh, leading to where you are today? Sure, sure. So in this conversation, I mean, I've a good place to start would be the fact that I've always been fascinated with books. You know, I grew up walking to the library with family on the weekends as about a probably a 20, 30 minute walk from our home and really just devouring books there. And as I progressed and got older and began to get into content marketing, you know, doing some time at some agencies and understanding how media works in helping to promote business interests, was able to see that books could be more than just entertaining stories to read on the weekends or in your pastimes. A book could actually be something to drive real business results, whether that was attracting clients or positioning a new product, that a book could serve that. In addition, at the same time, like I'm sure many of your listeners, I've also been fascinated with personal development and productivity. This idea of 80-20 would be one instance, or how do we do more with less and compress timeframes? So thinking about that and thinking as well about one of the common, one of the common reasons that people have for not producing a book or other content, which is simply a lack of time. Right. My thought process was how do we combine those two to save people time while allowing them to put out the media that is going to really help them out, which in my case happens to be a book. And it's really the genesis of this. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It might, my, I did the same thing as a kid in a small town in Iowa. There was a, uh, a, a public library that my dad and I walked to once a week or so, and he'd get these huge mon- monster books that I could never think that he could finish. And every week he'd finish them and we'd go back to the, you know, spend an hour in the library. It was, uh, it was quite a, a good memory to have. Uh, so I share your passion there. So, well, let's talk about the seven-hour book. So, so that's a, uh, I guess, a tagline for a, a large uh, idea. Why don't you share with us kind of what the seven-hour book is and what it, uh, what kind of people you think would be uh, benefit from from learning more about the seven-hour book? Sure. So, the seven-hour book is a system that uh, Mateem and I have developed, where we basically help to remove the issue of time from people who have always wanted to do a book or they feel like they need to do their own book for producing some kind of result in their business. And the idea is that over the course of seven one-hour sessions over Zoom or over phone, they're able to talk to us, me or a member of my team. And then from there, we actually, based just on those calls, and various frameworks that we have on the back end are able to create their book for them. So they just spend those seven hours of time on different phone calls with us 
And we create the book based on that. And give us the scope of those types of books. Is it, a, you know, the history of me? Is it my interpretation of uh, the growth of my city? Is it, you know, motivational things? What, what, uh, where does the, the, the net fall on that? The net typically is tended to fall with people who are in a client facing business where they need some means of demonstrating their authority to their clients of attracting clients and depending on the profession and where they are geographically of standing out from the hordes of other people who oftentimes look very similar to them in the eyes of the prospects. So to give you some hard, hardcore examples of those or some specific examples of those, it might be, for example, a, a um, attorney who's in a crowded market like Southern California, where you know you you can't even practically turn 360 degrees with your arms out in a circle without bumping into another attorney. In an instance like that, figuratively speaking, uh, or you might have a realtor in a very hot market like Atlanta. Uh, no pun intended with the hot part, but in, in a in a crowded market like that, where they need a means of attracting home buyers and sellers, and home buyers and sellers who meet their ideal customer profile. And they need also to demonstrate their authority and their credibility. And I give you a third example too, also from real estate that we're seeing quite a bit of right now, which is people who invest in real estate and they need a means of proving their credibility to investors who are going to give them money to buy, let's say an apartment complex and show them that I'm not just some guy who woke up yesterday and decided to start buying apartments. I've been doing this for a while. This is why I'm credible and this is why you should invest with me that kind of a thing for their book. Okay. So in that, in that latter case, it would be, the book would be something along the lines of uh, how to, you know, flip a property and make money on it. Those kind of, uh, or, or my experience with multifamily apartments, you know, from, from losing money to making money, those kind of books. Is that, is that on the right track? It is, it is. And, you know, it, I think it also, from what we've seen over the years, extends beyond that as well to people who are looking for credibility, not only with consumer in a consumer facing sense, but also in the sense of coaching or trying to get more speaking gigs, even, you know, they need in the case of coaching to show their students, this is my platform Uh, in the case of speaking engagements or even appearances on radio and other media, a book could be a very good calling card for that. So those are some other cases. Yeah. So the book itself, I mean, is it, is it uh, uh, something you produce so many copies of and then that individual has them to give out in their marketplace or do you market the book online in their area or to their target customers? How does, what's the marketing of the book itself after it's been written? The marketing really is going to come down to what the person we're working with specifically wants and needs with their goals. But I can tell you this, the majority of the folks we're working with, regardless of how complex and exotic, if you will, they go in terms of marketing, all the bells and whistles and various tricks that we're doing and helping them with for marketing, mm-hmm. nearly all of them, without exception, are going on Amazon, at least, at the very least, getting their book up on Amazon. Because, and here's a tip I think that listeners may not necessarily realize at first glance. But Amazon is essentially a search engine in the same way as Google is. Google may be on the web itself 
specifically. But if you think about Amazon and all of the products and resources that are up there, they essentially have a search engine. So if you have a book or some other form of media that is on Amazon, you're essentially getting into Amazon's search algorithm and you can be found by people in largely the same way as you would be found normally in Google just by having a website. So how, how do you, do you help your clients with getting on their books on Amazon and marketing on Amazon? And yeah, we absolutely do. In the case of, uh, mm -hmm. in the case of Amazon, one of the things that we certainly help them with is rounding up reviews because as with any consumer facing platform, Amazon in particular, having reviews, honest reviews, by the way, but honest, mm -hmm. genuine reviews of your book makes a huge difference in terms of the book gaining traction in terms of people once the book does have traction, continuing to support it. And also just the overall image of the person behind the book. I mean, if you, if you have a book and it came out and there weren't any reviews, you might still have an excellent book, but there's that social proof aspect of it that someone is big enough or important enough to have, let's say 30, five-star Amazon reviews, almost like with a podcast where people automatically, for better or worse, associate the more reviews a podcast may have with its credibility and its right. authority. Right. right. Interesting. So the people that you're working with on their books, do they usually do multiple books over time or one satisfies them and then they, they're off to other adventures or what do you think? They're it's a mix. I mean, we, definitely have had people who want to do their book and they see it as the book almost in the way a television show might have the movie right entourage or i guess for the women sex in the city had the movie and that was the big event versus other people look at this like actually i just had a call earlier today with some people who they're looking to turn this into a series where it's right. they do one book with one of their vendors as the star then they do another book where it's another of their vendors and partners as the star and they're looking to really turn this into a series and almost an educational platform for their customers and their prospective customers so in that case it would be multiple books but i think overall it does tend to be a mix okay so um, my audience i think is mostly uh realtors so uh, do you have any examples? You don't have to give specific names of a, of a realtor in a certain area and, and uh, something that they found successful through uh, creating a book. With yeah, you. absolutely. Um, we've had quite a few of those. I mean, it's a guy who comes to mind. He's uh, not U.S. based, but he's in the Pacific Northwest, uh, right around the U.S. Canada border. And in his case, he was really able to promote himself and to almost almost get new life in his business through having his book out there. Uh, I'll give you another example though, DC area or DC East coast, kind of that tri, what do they call that? The tri-state area, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah. yeah sometimes. <laughs> and uh, in his case, he was targeting a luxury demographic and the book was used to position him in the eyes of his consumers. Talk about the kinds of luxury properties he pursued, talk about his approach to marketing properties, how he did it and really educate his customer base. I think you'll find there the common thread with realtors who are using books, whether it's with me or doing it themselves, is that the book really is designed 
as a as an educational tool as opposed to a hard sell. And I think that if you approach it from that standpoint of coming from a place of value, educating, and even empowering your consumers, that's going to be a much a much a much more credible and is going to have much more traction in the long run than just here's my book, here's my phone number on the last page, call me, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's so funny. I mean, you know, the, the books were almost uh, the dinosaur of media when the internet happened. And uh, now it seems like it's a, a unique tool still there and, and perhaps sets itself apart from everything else that everybody's doing on Facebook or, or, you know, the email blast that, that most people are, are participating in. So uh, it's interesting. Well, I'm glad you, well, so I'm glad you brought that up, Owen, because I think that that is in itself an interesting takeaway for your audience, that whether it's a book or whether it's other forms of media to think and to really consider if you're feeling suffocated, so to speak, in your market, or you're feeling like your marketing just doesn't have much juice in it these days, to look at, look in the, uh, <laughs> look figuratively in the trash can at old discarded forms of media, whether that's a book or whether that's sending crazy items in the mail, you know, larger than life kind of items, or just look at forms of media and advertising that have supposedly been discarded in place of TikTok these days or Snapchat or any of those yeah. and look back at what has a long, long history, but people just aren't using as much anymore. And maybe consider one of those forms of media as a way to get your competitive advantage back. Mm-hmm. That's great. Great insight. Well, Nick, what's a, what's a good way for people to reach you or what's your favorite mode of communication? Well, it isn't TikTok just yet, but that might change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the best way would be to go to our website, uh, which is contentcore.net. So it's C-O-N-T-E-N-T-C-O-R-P-S.net, N-E-T, contentcore.net. Okay. Well, I enjoyed our conversation today. I thank you for being on the podcast and we look forward to catching up with you. I appreciate it. Thank you again, everyone. All right. Thanks, Nick.